Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports. Pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of, they have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app. Or go to prizepicks.com, and when you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mark Ryan of the Fan Update on once again. Mark, my friend, what's going on? How are you? Appreciate you taking the time. Always, man, always. Good to see all you guys, man. We are gearing up. It's a shame there isn't anything going on, Chris. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Hey, quick question. This is just completely random off the wall, Mark. I was just asked or somebody just left a comment. 
Do you enjoy like the Savannah, the Savannah bananas? Are you familiar with them? Do you enjoy oh, yeah. it? I'm not a, I'm not a big, like if I'm going to watch baseball, I want to watch baseball. I, that to me is like probably great for the entertainment value of things, but I'm just, I'm not a big Savannah bananas guy. I'll be honest with you. It's not, no, that man, you, know, me. you know, it, it, um, it might be a niche thing, Chris. It might be a, a, a one-time deal, right? Um, but I haven't ever been to a game, but I find what they're doing to be fascinating. And Chris, it works, right? So there's a lot of things that like wrestling isn't for me, mm-hmm. but I can't dispute the fact that it has an audience. You see what I'm saying? And so what I think is really interesting about that, Chris, is it's kind of an admission, right, on some level, that for the casual fan, a regular baseball game is not enough, mm-hmm. right? I mean, would yeah. you not agree? Yeah, for I sure. Mean, you are you are in, in you are in the rare group, Chris, of hardcore baseball fans that can enjoy a four to five hour game. Mm-hmm. I've I've long since left that group, so I, I think their success is kind of an admission that baseball needs to to juice it up a little bit. And I would agree, and we could have a whole separate conversation about why, and I've heard you talk on your show a lot, by the way, about why baseball is diminishing the, you know, trying to keep up with, I think, the pace of life and the pace of real world and everything happening so instantaneously, and baseball being a game where you have to be patient. Mark, let's dive into it. The Dylan Stewart stuff, he commits, he's a Gamecock. And I'm going to start with this, and, and hear me out, let me explain this. I hate nothing more when... I've built my platform up to what it is, the entity, what have you. And you get to a certain point and something happens and you give your honest take, your honest, unfiltered opinion. And people, and that's all you can do, right? Is be genuine, be honest, be true to yourself. And people come to you and say, why did you say that you should have said this? This is what you should have said. And so it'd be hypocritical for me because I feel like that completely undermines, like I've gotten here being true to myself, honest with myself, genuine myself, trusting my gut, sometimes that plays well, sometimes it doesn't. You live without the result. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that when Dylan Stewart committed, you should have thrown a parade for Shane Beamer. You should have thrown a parade for the Gamecocks. And I'm not even here to argue you on the tweet that, you know, Dylan Stewart commits the first place we go comparing Beamer and Muschamp. I'm not here to argue. I just want to understand you and give you the floor, because I know you said a tweet's not a reaction, but it, it is. It, it's a react. There's no, there's no tweet without a reaction to a certain event. And I know that those were facts presented, not denying the facts. And I don't even care that you brought them up. But the look of it that that was the first place you went. Again, I'm not judging you for it. It's your platform, your entity. You built it the way you have. You do this thing full-time because you're good at it. Give me your insight. Why go there? Why go there first off? Why why go there from the jump? Well, Chris, you did judge. You know, like you tweeted right away. They get Dylan Stewart, and this is your reaction. So, Chris, I'll bring you into my mentality when I got the news. Okay, um, five star Dylan Stewart commits to South Carolina. Massive for the Gamecocks. Absolutely massive. What a top fifteen player almost unanimously across the board on every recruiting service. What Beamer is doing in the nation's capital is incredible, is incredible, right? I go to Twitter, Chris, all of that is already being said, right? Oh, this is incredible what Beamer's doing in D.C., et cetera. All that's already being said. By the way, shame on Penn State 
Maryland and Virginia Tech for allowing Beamer to do that. I mean, think about that for a minute. It's not like D.C. is close to Columbia. You know what I mean? Nick Harbor, Dylan Stewart, others coming down the pike. Um, you got to tip your cap to what he's done, man. That's a great get. But then I'll tell you where my where my brain went, Chris, because I'm always looking to give our audience something they can't get anywhere else. I said, does this commitment elevate them above and beyond what's been done in the past? Not just Muschamp, but Spurrier as well. Okay. So then I did a statistical analysis, Chris, and the statistical analysis showed what it showed. Had the statistical analysis showed that Beamer was three places higher in the SEC than Muschamp was, I would have tweeted that. I think you and I both know that it wouldn't have gotten one-tenth of the reaction, right? Because the reason why local news leads with bad news is that that's what people react to. But you have my pledge, man, that if once I had done the research, I didn't have the research done when the news came out. I did the research after the news came out. And I guess the difference between you and I, Chris, is we both may have had the curiosity of saying, huh, I wonder, you know, if is this breaking new ground? Is this taking South Carolina to a place they haven't been? We both may have wondered the same thing. We both may have been inclined to do the same research. The difference between you and I is you would have held on to it if it revealed what it did. And I don't care if people are going to react negatively to the facts, Chris, because in the end, Chris, facts are not a take. They're facts. It's not a reaction. It's facts. And it's not so much Beamer versus Muschamp as it is Beamer versus what's already been done in the program. And I decided to do the research, Chris, because I didn't know the answer. And I thought it would be good to know the answer. So let's bring your audience into that research, right? Um, because my research states, Chris, that outside of rare outliers, you got to have a four-year cycle of averaging being a top three class in the SEC, okay? So over a four-year period among SEC teams, you got to be top three in the SEC to win the SEC. So I wanted to see where is South Carolina? Where is South Carolina? Because ultimately, that's the goal, right? If the goal isn't to win the SEC at some point, what are, what are we doing here, right? I'm a Florida grad. If we're not going to win the SEC, what are we doing here? So anyway, uh, Muschamp's classes in the SEC were 10th, 8th, 7th, 8th, and 8th, okay? Beamer's classes have been 14th, 10th, 7th, and 7th thus far, including 2024. If you want to say you can't count, if you want to say include all the years, then Beamer's rank among SEC schools is nine and a half out of 14 teams. Muschamp's is 8.2 out of 14 teams. If you want to say, well, the first year isn't fair because it's a new coach, everything, everyone taking over, Muschamp's rank out of 14 teams is 7.75. Okay, that's this average SEC rank. Beamer's is eight out of 14. So it wasn't to make over any overarching points, Chris. It really wasn't. You know, the question that we have asked on our show is when all is said and done, is Beamer going to be closer to Spurrier or closer to Muschamp? And I think it's such an interesting question because if I am ranking what I've seen today, Spurrier at South Carolina was a 10 because he's the guy that set the bar at South Carolina. 
Muschamp was a four. Got great talent, didn't do squat with him. I would say thus far, Beamer's been about a seven, which perfectly splits the difference between Spurrier and Muschamp, which makes that question, who is he going to be closer to, all the more fascinating. Chris, you know me, man. I don't care how things look, okay? I don't care about PR. I did a statistical analysis. I found it interesting. I share it with you guys. That's that. And all those points are fair, Mark. All those points are fair. And like I said, I'm, I'm, I mean, it is very much so you're right to do so. I guess all South Carolina can do at this point is pray to God that Shane Beamer wins nine games and eclipses that three-year mark because I think the last conversation, I mean, and, and you get this, and you get this, so you know why this plays, dare I say, so well, because, I mean, that tweet got like 60,000 views Will Muschamp's a dirty word in Columbia. It just is. But it's disgusting. I, I feel icky talking about it. And but so Chris, when you Chris, compare Chris, yeah, right. let's 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 elaborate on that point a little bit more. Mm-hmm. That also, Chris, is so damn interesting because you know, when you look at the two most important statistics, right? <laughs> Wins and losses and recruiting ranking. Would we not agree those are the two most important statistics? At this point, Beamer and Muschamp are virtually identical in those two statistics. Yet, you know, when you post that, Gamecock fans will say, well, 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 but blue chip ratio. Well, 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 but number of five stars. And Chris, that would be like saying in a track and field race, well, we led for more laps than the other guy. But who won the race? Oh, he did. You know, know, we don't care who won the, you know, we don't care about the, the intricacies. We care about the big picture. Now, why did I give Beamer a seven and Muschamp a four? Because Chris, you'd have to be blind if you couldn't see the the positive momentum within the program, some of the culture changes within the program, the back-to-back good performances, great performances against Tennessee and Clemson. How many times did you see Muschamp's teams, um, you know, deliver an A-level performance and then not show up the following week? You know, like the team itself had multiple personality disorder, Chris. Right. So Beamer is elevating the program, I believe, above and beyond that. But yet the two most important metrics, wins and losses and recruiting, don't reveal that yet. And one of the greatest lies Mark ever told in college football is that you are what your record says you are. We've heard Josh Pate say that, obviously. But when you think about to your point, you just said it. The context, it's just night and day. It, it is, it is. I know the record. I know the record. The context, through two seasons at least, is totally different because what Will Muschamp did, now that we look back, and maybe this wasn't a popular take at the moment, but we look back, year two was smoke and mirrors. It was. I mean, you almost lost Louisiana Tech, for Christ's sake. So, I, you know, it, it's I, – I hear what you're saying. Again, all the points are valid. All the points are fair. Again, there's a reason you do what you do because you're able to articulate those points. I think it was the – and as you know, and I know, I know we've talked about this before. I've heard you and Diesel talk about it. I heard y'all talk about it on the airways, and that was me, by the way, commenting on YouTube because cool. I no. wanted to check out I wanted You're to check out welcome, the YouTube. Yeah, I want to check out brother. the YouTube stream. Yeah. What I guess my deal was this. You know how Twitter works. And so when there's just such a small snapshot, and I just I personally would have loved to hear your reaction to the Dylan Stewart news versus going straight to the Beamer must champ thing. Like I, I get okay. that's the low hanging fruit. I know that's the that's the 
that's the uh, uh, you know retweets, views generator, the the engagement generator, what have you. But I want to hear about Mark Ryan, what he thinks about the actual pickup, because you and I have been talking about recruiting for weeks about South Carolina's. You know they're they're in a lull, they're in a slump, and then they finally break the slump. And we go to the Beamer Muschamp thing, which is just like the most agonizing. And I get it. I know you don't care. I don't care. We run towards that type of banter. But it is the most agonizing subject matter to discuss. It okay, is. It so, is. So Chris, nobody Chris, wants again, to talk about it. It's not as much Beamer Muschamp. And believe me, Chris, I'll be ready when Beamer inevitably passes Muschamp for all the Gamecocks to say, oh, guess who's better than Muschamp now? And Chris, if you're fair which I think you are, you'll say, no, 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 Mark was never saying that. Mark was asking a question, is Beamer closer to Spurry or closer to Muschamp? That's the question. Chris, I, um, that's a fair point, and I can do that in the future, right? Um, I can do that in the future. I didn't feel like I had anything, Chris, that wasn't already being said filling my timeline. Man, what Beamer's doing in D.C. is amazing. You know, man, this is the second five-star. You know, like, I... I am incapable, Chris, of looking at the micro. I have to widen the lens. I have to look at the big picture, right? Um, I once was hosting a show in Houston, Chris, and the, the longtime football analyst said to me, Mark, your show is very, very macro, very macro, you know, right? Like I'm a macroeconomics guy, not a microeconomics guy. I've got to widen the lens. So obviously, Chris, it's a great signing. It, it's a it's an unbelievable commitment. Even more impressive is the fact that he says he's shutting down his recruitment. And, you know, again, like Gigi Jackson was to Lamont Paris, this makes South Carolina electable, if you will, or selectable to other five star players, which is incredible. But, Chris, you know, like if, if you strive to give people something they can't get anywhere else, like I strive to give people something they can't get anywhere else. I immediately thought of, okay, does this elevate South Carolina above where they've been in the past? And if the research had shown, Chris, that it had, I 100% would have posted that. You know what I'm saying? I post the research no matter what the research shows. You know, Chris, a lot of times you'll start, you'll start to go down a, a stats research rabbit hole and you'll be hoping the research shows a certain thing and it shows something else. And then it's up to you. Do you want to be a, a valid researcher or do you want to be bogus? If you're a valid researcher, man, you show the research no matter what it says. You know, it just got me that people thought I was making some sort of take when all I was doing was posting very, very valid numbers. But to your point, Chris, that is fair. OK, um, look, you made a fair point. Like I went right to the numbers. I didn't really give. um you know, a, a take about how great the signing was. And the reason is simply, Chris, that Twitter's limits you if you don't want to pay, and I don't want to pay. Um, they limit you to 280 characters. And I always feel in my head that I can expound upon everything else on my show, right? On the show, I have no limitations. Chris, do you know in an average show I say 100,000 words? I probably said 100,000 words in this last rant I've just given you. But, um, but I say 100,000 words. I have no limitations when we're on the air, right? I have limitations on Twitter. So if I've got 10 minutes to fire out a tweet, you're going to get the first thing that comes to my mind. But that's a fair point moving forward. I, you know, I, I will, uh, I'll, I'll pay more attention to that moving forward, for sure. And, Mark, all of your points, I want to say also, are fair, are valid. And for those two men, that's how you have 
civil discourse and keep it moving. So with that being said, Mark, we, we've talked enough about Twitter. The actual commitment itself. And to your point, hey, the numbers, there's no bias. There's no – it's not a take. They are just what they are. They're the numbers. Would you agree with me, though, in saying that after landing Nicholas Harbor in the 2023 class, now landing Dylan Stewart in the 2024 class, maybe the numbers between Muschamp and Beamer, maybe right now they're identical, but I would argue it feels like South Carolina is trending to surpass that. When you factor in this, 12 top 200 prospects committed in the last two cycles. It's never been done before. And again, you look at the guys they're bringing in. Would you agree that it's trending oh, to yeah. surpass what they've done in the oh, past? Oh, yes. But at the same point, Chris, at the same points, you know, at some point, you are what your record says you are, right? Like, at, at what point is that, Chris? You know, because, you know, you and I have discussed on this show the numbers that say the coaches that are going to pop in the modern era typically pop in year three, right? That's why I feel like Shane Beamer's not on the hot seat now. But he is under pressure because, Chris, we've we've traditionally seen that, that the coaches pop in year three. And, Chris, I can tell you that the honeymoon period is over after year three. So why is Shane Beamer under pressure? Because if he drops a six and six or maybe even a seven and five this year, Chris, you know, it's the honeymoon period is over at that point. And then it's like, oh, man, like, man, this really isn't above what Muschamp is doing. They're on him now, I think, to elevate above and beyond that. Chris, I'll ask you this. At what point does the record dictate what you actually are? Is it year three? Is it after that? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think it's a very good point, and I'll and I'll tell you this, Mark, because listen, I gave you the grief about the comparison. I said this when Dabble Loggins or when South Carolina was looking for an offensive coordinator. That's why there was so much pressure to find the right guy. Because to be fair, Will Muschamp didn't come out of the womb and he was identified as a bad offensive coach, right? I mean, at one point when he was at Texas, he was identified as the hottest assistant coach in all of college football, the coach in waiting at the University of Texas, which is no small honor. So he gets the job at Florida. It was a blank slate. Nobody knew what to expect. You knew he was a defensive guy for sure, but you know you didn't know the offenses would be bad. He built that reputation with bad OC hire after bad OC hire after botched quarterback after mishaps offensively. So for Shane Beamer, to your point, 
if South Carolina does go 6-6 six and six this year and the offense stinks, well, all of a sudden, we are having a different conversation in the sense of it's three, four years from now. I think even if South Carolina is winning seven, eight games, even if they're cracking nine, if the offense continues to be a problem, to me, that's Shane Beamer's number one objective over the next couple of years. Fix the offense. Because if you're going to be going 7-5 and five or 8-4, and four, be scoring 40 a game, Mark. Why did Tennessee get so much more hype last, going into last season than South Carolina did when Tennessee was a seven-win team, basically just like South Carolina in 2021? It's because they had an offense scoring 45 points per game, and they had an explosive quarterback, and it was a fun brand of football. You see what I'm saying? So I get what you're saying. I wanted to lead with this, though. You know, you talked about seven and five. We've given our predictions. We've given seven and five. Here's my thing, because I agree with you, year three pivotal. I don't think it's going to be a seven and five, though. I I think the offense is going to get better, number one, because I'm not sure it can be much worse than last year. Dabble Loggins can't be much worse. Now, what does it mean for the long term? We'll see. You talk about popping. Getting to eight and four would be popping, matching last year's win total. Nine and three, I mean, no doubt. Anything beyond that's a miracle. <clears throat> if they go seven and five, do you feel like there's some gray area in that conversation based off of the context of how the seven and five happens? Oh, absolutely, Chris. Absolutely. And especially when you consider how long it took Spurrier to pop at South Carolina. Now, you and I both know this is a different era than when Spurrier was coaching. Uh, we are far more impatient, right? We've seen a consistent trend of coaches popping in year three even though Steve Spurrier did not, right? When Spurrier did pop in Columbia, it was explosive. So, Chris, you know, I think you and I have said six and six would be a failure. Seven and five would be a disappointment. Eight and four would be a success. Nine and three and above would be superhero stats, right? Um, And I think you and I have been in perfect agreement with that. If seven and five is a disappointment, Chris, is it still plausible, possible that Beamer is going to deliver well above and beyond what Muschamp did? Yeah, because I'll tell you what, Chris, I don't see Beamer falling into a, a pit of despair in year four and five the way Will Muschamp did. I don't see that happening. You know, at some point, the record, though, has to di- dictate that he's trending more towards Spurrier then the uh, guy with the eight-letter bad word last name that I'm, you know, Gamecocks don't want to remember, right? At some point, the numbers have to dictate that. So, Chris, I, I suppose I would say I'm somewhere in the middle of you and Josh Pate when you say the record, it, you know, the record shows who you are, right? Like at some point, the record has to reflect that. Otherwise, what are we doing, mm-hmm. right? At some point, the recruiting is going to be have to be have to be better than Muschamp. At some point, the one-loss record is going to have to be better than Muschamp. And that traditionally happens in year three. We'll see if it happens uh, this year for Shane Beamer. That said, man, hell of a get. And a guy like Dylan Stewart can be a windfall of other prospects still to come, right? And, man, if Shane Beamer can get that class around the top ten, I mean, imagine the excitement in Columbia if that class finished around the top ten, Chris, okay? Because in the end, right, it it shows as a barometer of how far away you are. You got to be roughly top three in the SEC, Chris, to win the SEC. And you got to do that over a four-year period. And, you know, the next step for Beamer will be to deliver a top five in the SEC class. 
not necessarily top five overall, right? Not top five in the nation, but top five in the SEC. Because the best that he or Muschamp did was seventh in the SEC, about midway through the SEC. So can Beamer do that this year in 2024? Can this year be the year that the Gamecocks and all of their incredibly loyal and passionate fans get a top five SEC class? It's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, and you look at the prospects that are out there, Mark, if they're able to land those guys, you know, I think we all feel like Jonathan Paylor's probably going to NC State at this point, but you look at a guy like a Daniel Hill, Jalewis Solomon, et cetera, on down the list. I think the pieces are there, certainly, to at minimum finish top 15, at minimum, and make some noise moving up that SEC ladder. Uh, let, let's move off recruiting, Mark, and talk more national college football landscape. Realignment at this time of year, it just it just takes college football by storm. I'll first get your thoughts, and I know you guys have a lot of different national personalities and personalities in general, which is really cool. So you've got a really good feel on just the scope of everything happening in college football. You know, for those of us who grew up watching Pac-12 after dark, Southern Cal, Washington, Arizona, Arizona State, whatever the game might be, those days might be coming to an end. My friend, what are your thoughts on the Pac-12? Because it feels like that conference is on life support right now. Chris, they made the single biggest mistake um, in the in the entire college football realignment discussion. And I'll tell you, man, it's one that I don't fully fault them for at the time. But looking back, you know, Chris, we all are nostalgic. I think we're all going to long for the days of college football past, right? Um, Josh Pate asked the question today, if you had to choose one for eternity, would you rather have college football 2007 and before or college football 2027 and after? And 76% are saying 2007 and before. Chris, here is the cataclysmic error the Pac-12 made. They turned down Oklahoma and Texas. They turned Oklahoma and Texas down. Back in 2012, why did they do it? because they were on sound footing at the time, right? Um, they wanted to keep things the way that they were. They wanted to keep their geographical footprint. I respect and appreciate all of that. But guess where the Pac-12 would not be if they had selected Oklahoma and Texas at the time? They wouldn't be on the verge of extinction, right? Chris, I think college football is, over the next 10 years, going to be in grave danger of falling out of the number two spot in the parlance of American sports. NFL is number one. There's no contender. But not many people realize that college football has established itself as a very clear number two. But what are we seeing? We're seeing baseball making gains again, making changes to the game that are bringing back the casual fans like myself, right? And college football is hanging itself, Chris. It's hanging itself. Mm. And, you know, the presidents are freely and openly admitting that this is all about money. They'll tell you it's all about money. They're not dumb. We're not dumb. It's all about money, Chris. But they are taking us for granted. They're assuming we're still going to show up rain or shine, Chris. And I am not so sure, Chris, that that is going to be the case. I think when you tune, up, tune in, Chris, to see some football games and it looks like a bowl game attendance, like Gasparilla bowl game attendance, 
because A, the TV product is so good, and B, the road team isn't going to travel across the country, and C, no one in Piscataway, New Jersey, where Rutgers plays, cares about Rutgers versus UCLA. See what I'm saying? Mm. Like, I, I, I really think they're taking us for granted. They're assuming we're always going to be there. I think that's a grave mistake. I think the regionality of college football made it unique and special. And they're not going to stop there, Chris. They're going to ensure that the regular season is ruined as well by expanding this playoff above and beyond 12 teams, right? Why do we have to watch, Chris, your phone goes nuts like my phone goes nuts? Oh, my God, man. Do you see? It's the third quarter. Akron leads Ohio State 17-14. Well, Chris, with 12 teams making the playoffs in the future, 16 teams, 20 teams making the playoffs, we don't care if Ohio State loses to Akron anymore. We don't have the joy of watching a team's season be ruined anymore because they're still going to make the playoff no matter what. The playoff week in and week out was what, what made old school college football so unique and special. And in the name of the almighty buck, they're assuming we're still going to be there, Chris. And I think if they keep going down this road, the numbers could seriously dwindle. I will add, Chris, that uh, exactly two years ago, I tweeted out that Clemson and Florida State had reached out to the SEC. The SEC was not going to add them at that time. The very next day, the president of Florida State came out with a, a statement on Florida State University letterhead, basically calling me a liar. Two years to the day, the president of Florida State comes out and says, we're going to leave the ACC unless things change drastically. Chris, <laughs> it was the same damn thing two years ago. But I had some intel that made people uncomfortable that the schools weren't willing to admit publicly yet. Right. And that's that's the only thing that happened. And I wanted to go there next, Mark. You lead me to my next point before we get you out of here. Again, congratulations on uh, and again, you, you just report what you hear and go off what you know and go with your sources and. Turns out it was right. And I mean, now that doesn't seem inconceivable at all because realignment is just such a thing. Like, it's like, yeah, I mean, if you tell me tomorrow that some team's going to some conference, it's like, okay, whatever. I mean, yeah, the sun came up also. Like, what's new? Uh, maybe then, maybe two years ago, that was a, you know, kind of an unspoken, unheard of thing. But you were ahead of it. So congratulations. Thoughts, though, on the Florida State. And I actually talked with Brandon Marcello of 24-7 Sports this morning. And he's got, a, obviously, a, a, a feel of the national pulse and, he made it very clear, listen, Chris, if the grant of rights didn't exist, Florida State's out. They're, they're gone. I mean, it, that's, that's the only thing keeping them intact. Your thoughts on the future of the ACC with FSU, Clemson, maybe some others jumping ship, and maybe it's the Big Ten? That's the landing spot? Yeah, Chris, look, we did a segment on our show yesterday, what we would do if we were manning the different conferences in the Power Five. The Pac-12, look, man, is screwed, right? They're, they're absolutely screwed. They've got to do whatever they can to hold on to Oregon and Washington. I don't know if that's going to be enough. You lose UCLA, you lose USC, you lose Colorado. I hear Arizona might also be Big 12 bound, right? That takes you down to eight. Why not, Chris, go get Boise State and San Diego State? We're more familiar with the Pac-10 name anyway, right? Pac-12 was always a little clunky, always a little weird. You add Boise State, you add San Diego State, you get the the kind of the snooty academic schools like Stanford not to turn their nose up on the Boise States of the world, and then you still have a pretty decent football conference, right? If you're if you're able to to do that, I think the ACC or the Pac-12, though, Chris, is going to be extinct as we know them as power brokers in college football, one or the other, if not both. And I think, and I'm going to get into this point on my show today, Chris. 
Um, the fact that the Big Ten seems to be not settling for seconds, it'd be really easy for them to say, okay, we're one of the top two. This is good enough for us. Um, you know, the fact that they're not willing to settle for seconds could actually be a really, really good thing for Clemson. Clemson, I think, you know, the Big Ten by further expanding is going to make the SEC uncomfortable. The SEC knows, Chris, that as long as the Big Ten has the same number of teams as it, that the SEC is a far superior product, right? But if the Big Ten goes to 18 and 20 and the SEC gets uncomfortable, that's when the SEC bids come for Clemson, Florida State, possibly Miami. And the Big Ten seems to be going down that road of let's make the SEC uncomfortable, which is really interesting, Chris, which is really interesting. I want to let you know this, man. 16-team Big Ten, including UCLA and USC, 16-team SEC, including Oklahoma and Texas. I gave every program in those 16-team leagues, Chris, a 1 through 10 score based on where they are as a program right now, right? And the 16-team SEC came out to 110. The Big Ten came out to 98.5, right? When I gave average 1 through 10 scores. So the SEC is still significantly above. The Big Ten is being aggressive. I think that aggressiveness could lead to Clemson and Florida State joining the SEC. As somebody floated a couple of years ago. (laughs) And it definitely sounds like, Mark, we are headed to three mega conferences with the SEC, Big Ten, and Big 12. So, you know, it's 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 inevitable. Change happens, but uh, college football certainly looks much different than any of us have ever known it. That's for sure. Mark Ryan of the Fan Upstate joins the show every Thursday. Mark, appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Great stuff, as always. Hey, guys, thank you so much. I truly appreciate you. Invite you guys to uh, check us out uh, at the Fan Upstate, 3 to 7 p.m., Monday through Friday. Uh, You can listen on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Just look up the Fan Upstate. You'll see us right there offsides. You can also find us on YouTube. The first two hours and 20 minutes of the show every single day are on YouTube. Uh, Sorry you have to deal with my ugly face, my ugly mug. But uh, YouTube, all you got to do is search the Fan Upstate. You'll see us right there at 3 p.m. this afternoon. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you, Mark. Take care, man. We'll talk soon. All right.